Support for this podcast comes from Cooper Vision Specialty Eye Care. Cooper Vision Specialty Eye Care is dedicated to addressing the unmet needs of practitioners and patients worldwide whose ocular challenges compromise not only vision, but quality of life. Their unmatched portfolio of specialty lens designs includes the following brands, Blanchard, GP Specialists, Number 7 Contact Lenses, Paragon, Procornia, and Soflex. Learn more at coopervisionspecialtyeyecare.com. The Globalized Podcast is brought to you by Cooper Vision Specialty Eye Care. The presenters are paid consultants. Hello, this is Dr. Melissa Barnett, Principal Optometrist at UC Davis Eye Center. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Globalized Podcast Series. Today, we're pleased to have Dr. Millicent Knight, who leads Eye Care Professional Relations and Education, KOL Relations and Advocacy, and sales training and serves as the voice of the independent doctor as part of the Essilor Luxottica North America leadership team. She is the new chair of the Global Myopia Awareness Coalition comprised of over 15 companies and associations. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. In today's podcast, we're gonna talk about why it takes a village. Superior eye care draws from and contributes to many health professions. No profession is an island entire of itself. Today's profession is truly a global one. So let's get started. So Dr. Knight, please share a little bit about your background and how you came to pick the career path you've taken. Well, I actually don't think I picked optometry. I think optometry picked me, or at least my skill set. <laughs> and what I mean by that is um, I was that little girl in school that the teacher sent a note home saying, I think your daughter has a vision problem. And my father uh, took me to have an eye examination after inquiring as to what might be the best place to go. And it was a particular optometry school in Illinois. So that is where I went for my first eye examination at age eight. And it was determined I needed vision therapy. My father said one day he picked me up after a vision therapy session. And I very clearly said to him, dad, I'm going to be an eye doctor. What a great so, story. <laughs> I guess I started my career, age eight. <laughs> age eight. That's amazing. If you'd like to know a little bit about the, the journey through, through uh, once I did officially become an optometrist, I actually started in a hospital-based optometry ophthalmology co-management practice where um, I was able to do all the pre-op and post-op care in a time period when optometry and ophthalmology were not necessarily getting along so great, and we had a lot of uh, turf battles. Uh, but fortunately, uh, the younger of the two ophthalmologists had trained uh, in the Indian Health Services with optometry residents and said, I know all that you know how to do, and I expect you to practice to the fullest extent of your capability so that I can practice to the fullest extent of mine. And the optometry residents in some cases were better trained than the ophthalmology ones. So that's how I started practicing. And then I uh, went on to purchase a practice from a retiring optometrist, which I owned for 20 years. And then I, uh, while, while in practice, I also uh, did a lot of consulting for different companies, and I'll talk a little bit more about my philosophy behind that in a second, but that's how I ended up in industry. 
Wow, what an amazing story. So what actually inspired you to join the corporate world? Well, I have always believed that doctors should be involved in the product services and solutions that are developed for their patients. And I started to provide input to different companies in the pharma space, contact lens space, um, and other spaces, and uh, found that I really enjoyed it. And I really felt like as much as I really loved clinical practice, and I did, uh, I felt like I might be able to support and help my patients in a broader way by being a bridge between the profession and also an industry. That's great. And with that experience, both, uh, you know, in a hospital-based system as well as private practice, um, what projects are you currently working on uh, and what are you most excited about in, your, in the position you hold now? Well, I'm really excited about building categories. I think that's something I've been excited about since the very beginning of practice. Um, and what I mean by that, and most of that has involved all three O's, you know, optometry, ophthalmology, and opticianary. And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer as new innovations come to the marketplace and patients' needs morph, and they continue to do that, and they seem to be doing that even more rapidly now. We have to build and develop new categories to meet those needs. And early in my career, it was a shifting of mindsets around conventional contact lenses to disposables. So you may recall that um, there was a lot of resistance from particularly some older practitioners who could not get their heads around uh, going away from a conventional lens and that patients would adopt and adapt to a disposable lens. Um, but, you know, but I believe very strongly in the health benefits and the convenience of disposable lenses. So I started practicing that way. And it's, it's interesting, you know, we went from no one's going to throw away a, a, a lens to almost no one doesn't unless it's a specialty lens or, you know, something that's custom made for the individual. And then I think the other category that I'm really excited about right now is building and changing the way we perceive myopia and shifting away from looking at myopia just as something that we correct, but something that we can also control in some situations. And the Global Myopia Awareness Coalition is a group that I am uh, fortunate to be able to chair right now. And our organization, I'm really proud of it, uh, primarily because you have a group of over 15 companies, associations um, that are all pulling their resources together, their skills, they're all um, board members are volunteering. And we have all these member companies that are really working together to help the consumer understand the shifting way and the importance of both early eye examinations and then asking their doctors about what myopia control products, services might work best for them. It's just a, mind, a mindset shift and we're really working together to do that, but I've not ever really seen companies come together like that. Uh, some, of, some of which are competitors to, to work at building something for the benefit of the patients. That's incredible. Can you share with us some of the projects you're currently working on? Well, we like to meet patients where they are where the consumer is. And often the consumer is, you know, where we try and tell them to, to stay away from, you know, so gaming and things like that. Um, but that is where the individuals are. That's where the children are. And so 
We have used a lot of influencers. We've developed a number of campaigns that have been highly effective in getting engagement. And they're all designed to enact action, action to get the parents to take their children in for an eye examination early and to do it on, in a regular cadence and ask the right questions. Ask questions about myopia. What is it that, that I can do to um, prevent some of the longer term consequences that we now know are part of the eye health sequelae that can occur if, that, if a child is allowed to progress uh, significantly. So I think, you know, that, that's one of the things I'm really excited about. There's one other also I wanted to mention, and that's um, the Healthcare Alliance for Patient Safety, which is another collaboration of, again, different companies in the industry who are all working together to look at safeguarding, if you will, the doctor-patient relationship, I like to say, um, partnership, relationship, but that, that synergy between that, that's so important for effective eye care and systemic care. Uh, between the doctor and the patient, and then also making sure that that products and services are used in a safe and effective way. Um, one of the things that we've been able to do through HCAPS, I'm going to call it, is we've been able to most recently um, facilitate uh, 40 legislators of our um, U.S. Congress uh, leaders, congressional leaders, to sign on to a letter to the CDC asking them to work with them to get the word out to the consumer about how important it is to get our arms around myopia. And I, I think that's tremendous because it really does need to come from a lot of different areas of the industry. We have to do our part as practitioners. The industry itself has to do its part, but we also need our governmental agencies to step up and help us get the word out because ultimately it makes a big difference in being able to address those needs earlier and to reduce the risk of some of the catastrophic costs that can be associated with not doing so. That certainly rings true for me. Um, before I had LASIK, I was minus 750 and minus 975. So uh, myopia control is something that uh, uh, I was too late. It was too late for me to benefit from, but certainly I see the, the need and that's exciting. That's an exciting time to be in, in optometry. Support for this podcast comes from Cooper Vision Specialty Eye Care. Cooper Vision Specialty Eye Care brings an impressive portfolio of life-changing specialty lenses to ECPs across the globe, empowering them to differentiate themselves while positively impacting the lives of their patients. You'll find a comprehensive collection of advanced scleral, ortho-K, and RGP lens designs from the highly respected brands that now comprise Cooper Vision Specialty Eye Care, Products include OneFit, IC, Paragon CRT, Dreamlight, Senso, and so many more, all of which are backed by the promise of continuous innovation, best-in-class service, and a refreshing perspective to solve unique and challenging vision issues with a customer-first perspective. Let Cooper Vision Specialty Eye Care lead you on a journey of changing patients' lives and improving practice profitability. Learn more at coopervisionspecialtyeyecare.com. And we all know people who have inspired and motivated us to achieve more. Do you have a specific mentor or mentors who have been especially influential? Well, I have had a lot of great mentors, um, too many to mention in, in this platform and give them the honor and respect that they deserve. So ironically, I'm going to say what has probably motivated me the most 
has been those that have told me I couldn't. You can't major in sciences. You can't be an optometrist. You can't own a practice. You can't buy a building. You can't go into industry and be an influential leader. And I have done them all. You've done them all brilliantly too. Thank you. That's a, that's a great point. So in all of those different instances where you might've encountered resistance, you've gone above and beyond. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. I'm very focused. This is an area that I feel privileged to be a part of. As you said, Tom, a few minutes ago, this is such an amazing industry. And um, what better way to contribute back to the world than to help people see? I, uh, I, my career is 38 years um, in, this year. And I tell students and the externs that rotate with us, there's very few professions or careers that you can say constantly gets better, you know, constantly new innovations, new understanding, new technology, everything just gets better. And uh, it's certainly getting better all the time. So, uh, so it's a wonderful field. Agreed. And to chime in on that, we have the opportunity to positively change lives of so many people on a daily basis, which is really incredible, whether it's a myopia control or specialty contact lens or diagnosing a renal detachment or diabetic retinopathy that has not been diagnosed, we can really help people in a meaningful way. So Dr. Knight, what are your hopes and dreams for the future of optometry? Well, I think I'll start with my hope. My hope for optometry is that we continue to proactively define our place in the healthcare industry that we do not run and hide from innovation, but we do our due diligence in evaluating it. And if it's valid for meeting the needs of the patients, that we get comfortable with the uncomfortableness of an ever-changing industry and spend less time resisting and more time shaping it into the best tool it can be in providing for and maintaining the standard of care that we wanna provide for our patients. My dream, on the other hand, is that we also start to take a more integrative approach to patient care and look at the patient more holistically. For many years while in practice, my model was the optometrist and the practice of the future looks at the whole body while focusing on the eyes. That should not be the future. That should be now. For those who are listening who might not know about your practice, can you share a little bit more about it? Yes, I'm happy to. Um, my practice was in a fairly affluent area where patients were really proactive about their health care and wanted to be actively involved in, in uh, solutions. And so I started to look into a more integrative approach to taking care of patients because, as we all know, if you have inflammation in the eye, you generally have inflammation throughout the body. And so there's a, de a definite connection point and being able to address it um, through eyes, and case in point, if I have a patient that has chronic iritis and I give them steroids and I quiet it down, did I cure it or did I just give them a Band-Aid? So I just got tired of giving Band-Aids and I wanted to look at how do you get to the core of where these inflammatory processes are coming from? 
So I did a fellowship in integrative medicine, anti-aging regenerative medicine. I also became a certified health coach. And I wanted to do that again, to be able to meet my patients where they were and where they were as they wanted a holistic approach to their care. It's such an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. What is your advice to practitioners who might be interested in a career in industry? Thank you for that question. Um, I am actually really excited and I feel privileged to have been able to both provide patient care. Um, I've seen over 100,000 patients in my career. And I'm also excited to be able to contribute uh, from an industry perspective as well. So what I would say is, number one, practice first. Because your experiences in practice is what's most needed in industry and partnering with industry to come up again with the best services, products, and solutions for patients' needs. The second thing I would say is do your homework. Learn about the company, learn about its mission. Is this something you relate to? Is this something you can get behind? Because that's gonna be important when you have to make critical decisions. The third thing I would say is know your goals, your personal goals. And number four, are you flexible? If you come from private practice with much of your own autonomy, are you okay with less control? Because that will change. Number five, this is not a nine to five job. <laughs> Make sure you are working in the area you personally enjoy uh, because you're gonna be spending a lot of time doing it. But conversely, you have an opportunity to make a big impact. And then I think the last thing I would say is um, just like private practice or corporate practice or teaching or any other entity where you are engaged in optometry, plan your exit strategy. Amazing words of wisdom there. Well, as we, as we know, uh, our podcast is globalized. And so we always have a signature question, uh, Dr. Knight, and that is the world is full of many interesting and exotic places. So if you could travel anywhere in the world today, where would it be? Well, I love that question. Um, I have been fortunate to travel five continents in over 50 countries, some multiple times. Um, and there's still many on my list, but more recently, I have been intrigued with the Fiji Islands. Ooh, sounds great. <laughs> so you're a fan of Paul Gauguin, obviously. I am. I am. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great period. Uh, I went to the Gauguin Museum in Paris. I'm, I'm a big fan. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's been something that's on my bucket list to do. I think everybody loves Impressionism. It, it, it's just, it's so interesting and, and beautiful. Well, Dr. Knight, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. And thank you so much for being here. And thanks to our listeners for joining today's podcast. And we hope you'll tune back in for future episodes of Globalize with Melissa Barnett and Tom Arnold podcast series. Thanks again. Thank, thank you. you.